kids podcast. <laughs> you can go slow. A kids podcast about. Hey, listeners, thanks for finding this episode. We believe in the power of conversations and knowing that kids like you are ready to talk about the big things going on in their world. If you like this episode, please consider liking or reviewing the show through whatever app you're using to listen right now. That helps others discover this podcast, and that helps make sure this show is reaching the ears that need to hear it most. Thanks. What is your microbiome? My microbiome is my body and all the things living inside of it, outside of it, and on it. Your microbiome is the collection of microbes, which are little microorganisms, way too small to see with the human eye, that exist in a specific ecosystem. It's the collection of them, and not just microbes themselves, but also their genes, their structural elements, things they produce, which we call metabolites, and also their surroundings. And all of that forms this unique ecosystem. Now, that could be in on a coral reef, and it could also be in, as we'll talk more about today, in your stomach, in your mouth, it could be in a rainforest, it could be in the desert. And so each ecosystem, and even on your own body, these ecosystems are really different. And so your microbiome, when you talk about the human body, is referred to kind of as all of the microbes and all those parts combined, but actually even within your microbiome of your body, there are smaller (laughs) ecosystems that have their own microbiome, uh, which is really exciting. Welcome to A Kid's Book About, the podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm a teacher, a librarian, and I'm your host. The voices you heard at the top of our show were from Nathan and Era. Each week, we talk about the big things going on in your world with a different author from our A Kid's Book About series. My name is Era Katz. I am the mom to as I am reminded every day, and almost close to being six-year-old, Dax. I am the co-founder and co-CEO of Seed Health, where I work in the invisible world of microbes we're going to talk about today. And I live in Venice, California, although I grew up in New York. I am very excited to be here. I am also the author of a kid's book about your microbiome. Listeners, we are exploring a wondrous world on today's show, and it's all observable in you. Well, you need a microscope, of course, but still. In fact, if you've got a grown-up nearby who has access to the internet, have them Google gut bacteria microscope. The results can give you a sense of the amazing stuff we're exploring today. Picture fuzzy, tube-like shapes of varying lengths with rounded edges and sometimes kind of looking flowery, and other times they look like tiny sausages or jelly beans or maybe almost like fingerprints. Yeah, you know what? Even though scientists and researchers have colored the images in order to help our eyes to better distinguish what we're looking at, your microbiome still looks like a completely different planet. And 
Are they part of your body? They're technically separate. They're not human. They're microbes, just to qualify the term so everyone can understand like what a microbe is, is that, you know, they're single-celled organisms that most like in our bodies, like primarily bacteria, but also viruses, protozoa, phage, um, and other, uh, other microbes make up your microbiome. So a lot of people think it's just bacteria, but actually there's other types of microbes, but they are not human. However, they have co-evolved with us over many, 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 many tens of thousands of years. And so we are seeded them at birth. Um, and then in, and in science, there's a lot of controversy over how early our microbiome even begins because some people think the womb is sterile. Some people think embryo has exposure to certain microbes or things that shape your microbiome even before birth. But what we do know is that the, the mother load of your microbiome is seeded at birth, whether you're, no matter how you're born. And so that is where your kind of seeding process in your microbiome develops, but that comes from the mother. And so we have co-evolved with them, even though they are not human, However, many of our human functions cannot be done without them. Your microbiome is seeded at birth. The company ERA co-founded is called Seed. This must be a connection. Yes, we, our name came from, in, in the biological term is seeding. It characterizes the first exposure that we have to microbes, which through a traditional birth would come from the mother's Gina, poop, <laughs> and skin. And that obviously the baby's kind of like washed in it. And then breast milk and breastfeeding feeds. Actually, a third of the carbohydrates in breast milk are not digestible by the human parts of a baby, but are only food for the seeds that are planted. And that's how they grow. And I'll even go even crazier. The bacteria that's found on your mom's nipple evolved to be there to help infants digest and break down some of the components of breast milk and our bacteria also that are ingested by the baby. So when Era mentioned before that these microbes have evolved with us over this time, this is exactly what she was talking about. They are made for human to new human transference. That means they are transferred or passed on from one generation of humans to the next. And they work in symbiosis with our body. I think a lot of kids in school learn about like clownfish and anemones, um, you know, specific like fish that eat, you know, plankton or skin off of like a large man, like a whale, for example. So, so many examples of symbiosis in nature, but actually like symbiosis is, happens between our microbes and our human body. And there's many things too, like they do incredible things in our body. And they're a huge part of your immune system. Knowing part of that or those early years of seeding is part of them training your immune system of, is this good for me? Is this bad for me? Should I have an allergic response? Should I get sick? Is what's coming in good? And so they're such a big part of your body knowing like, is this helpful or is this harmful to me? Our microbiome is so incredible. 
But now that we know how all those microbes got started in our bodies, back when we are in the womb or just being born, I wonder how they keep going. Like, what's their main goal? The way I might think about it is that what microbes want to do is that they want to persist and they want to replicate. Oh, so they want to keep going, they want to survive, and they want to make more of themselves. And if you're the host that they depend on for a nice place to live and a steady nutrient supply, then they are interested in keeping you, their host, healthy, if you can think about it that way. This is all incredibly fascinating. We will be back in a minute with more from Eric Katz right after this quick break. Hey, grown-ups! With over a hundred different titles in our kids' book about series, it may be hard to figure out where to start. Allow me to make a suggestion. There is perhaps no greater feeling, nothing more life-giving or secure, than to know you belong. No matter where you are, what you're experiencing, or who you're around, without that feeling of belonging, it's hard to concentrate on anything else. We can help our kids know what it feels like to belong, and what it takes to help others feel like they belong around us. When you do belong, you—it's very, very evident, right? Because. I like to say your heart smiles and your brain is tickled. That's Kevin Carroll, author of a kids' book about belonging. Check out our Kevin talks about belonging episode of a kids' book about the podcast. Listen together with the kiddos in your life, and when you're ready, visit akidsco.com for more great books and podcasts made to empower kids. Welcome back to a kids book about the podcast. On today's episode, we're talking about your microbiome with a kids book about author Era Katz. Did you ever imagine that all of that amazingness is going on inside your body, and that it's not your body? That these microbes are all working together with your body? I mean, come on! How do you feel about your microbiome? It makes me feel like. A bit grossed out, but it also feels kind of cool. I mean, as long as the things inside of my body aren't hurting me, I guess it's okay. I feel very grateful. Well, as a mom and who runs a startup who has to multitask and do a lot of things, I'm just happy I can outsource certain things that I don't have to think about. I'm kind of right in the middle here. It's wild to think that so many things are happening in me that I don't directly see or feel. But it also feels really amazing to be a superorganism and to feel this wonder about my microbiome. I will say that when you understand the microbiome and you understand this like non-human part of you, which, by the way, just to put it in also some numbers and some sense for people, about fifty percent of your body by cell count is not human, and they express more genes than your human genes too, which is really interesting. There's about thirty-eight trillion. Estimated about 38 trillion bacteria, um, and so and therefore, if you added in the viruses and the phages, some of the other microbes, you're at multiple tens of trillions of microbes, which is incredible. So, when you ask me how I feel, I feel 
I really do feel grateful. And I also feel grateful for the perspective of understanding this part of my body that does this important work because it then factors into the decisions I make every day and how I consider and make choices, both for myself, for my son. About half of the stuff in your cells is not human, but rather part of your microbiome. That is wild, which I think is the perfect setup for this question, sent in by Nathan. Does having too much of those good things make a difference? Does it hurt me or does it help me more? Nathan, that's an amazing question that I've never gotten because most people, most adults ask, do I have enough? And the reason they ask that question, well, because adults are silly too. Sometimes they, they don't think with as much of the glass half full as you did, Nathan. But what's interesting is the reason that they ask that question that way is that things like antibiotics, um, uh, all specific kinds of diet that are really low in fiber or low in plants, for example, there's all kinds of medications and people like alcohol. And there's so many things that probably maybe more adults have done more in their lifetime than kids that can really impact the microbiome and actually make it very not diverse and also um, deplete it like antibiotics because antibiotics basically go in and kind of like bomb your microbiome because that's what their job is, right? Because they're trying to get rid of a negative, a bad microbe, but They're not like heat-sinking missiles that only find the bad microbe. They kind of clear everything. And so a lot of adults are very sensitive to that because there's a lot of conditions that adults suffer from that have to do with having microbiomes that actually have either had too many antibiotics or have what they call dysbiotic, which means that they're kind of like out of whack, (laughs) out of balance, or low diversity. Um, So in terms of the question of too many, I, I, the truth is that I don't know because that is not our problem in modern life is, is the opposite. And so, so much of the research is actually looking at cultures where there was so much greater richness with like um, abundance of microbes and diversity. So I imagine that there's probably a tipping point, (laughs) but I don't know what that is because you can't really introduce microbes and have them like stick around. It's not how my, how, like if you take what's called a probiotic, for example, a lot of people think you take a probiotic or you eat a lot of things that have microbes in them, like fermented foods or kimchi or kombucha, and somehow the microbes like stick around, but actually microbes are kind of transient, which means that they they do what they're going to do in your body, but they do it on the road, (laughs) on their way out, on their way through and then out. And so I don't know because I wouldn't know how you would actually implant and put a ton of microbes in somebody. But I would say, Nathan, the best way to think about it is that right now, one of the most important things is that people do think about how you, if you think about other ecosystems, you want your microbiome to look more like a rainforest than a desert. And I think the problem today is that not that people have too much, but actually trying to figure out how we get back to a place where we have more rainforest than desert, because a rainforest is so much more resilient than a, than a desert, which um, is not going to be able to do all the important work that a lush rainforest or a dense rainforest could do. Each of our titles in the A Kid's Book About series has a unique origin, In the case of Seed and a kid's book about your microbiome, it's sort of 
half because of business things and half because of parenting things. You remember that Era has a son named Pax, right? Honestly, it was through our fundraising. But during COVID, I, I had, as a parent, been aware. Of, the reason that I saw that on the website and then, of course, was excited was because I knew about you guys from your books, of course. More just as a parent, as a, as a human that reads to my son. But then when I saw that, I was like, oh, they're the perfect people to partner with. And literally, that was on May 27th. And just over four months later, we have a book together. Very cool. Actually, the things going on at Seed Health are pretty incredible. Microbes can be found everywhere throughout the entire planet, and not just in and on humans, but on almost all other living things, and even in the most extreme places on Earth, like in hydrothermal vents, and in ultra-acidic pools, and in extreme depths of the ocean, and even in the coldest parts of the Arctic. So if microbes are everywhere, it makes sense that seed would look beyond our bodies in their work as well. So we work only in the invisible world. <laughs> we work only in, we are not invisible ourselves, just to clear up that misunderstanding sometimes. And we don't have superpowers to make ourselves invisible, but we do try and unlock the superpowers of the invisible world to figure out how we can use microbes, primarily the ones that you do find in the human body or native to specific ecosystems, like in honeybees or in coral reefs, and how you can use those microbes to make an impact in health. And so I'll give you a great example. We have a probiotic that we created for honeybees and honeybees have their own gut microbiome and honeybees are incredibly important to our food system, to our environment and honeybees are dying. And what we've found out is that pests, specific forms of pesticides hurt the honeybee microbiome. And remember I said that so much of your immune system is in your gut microbiome. So honeybees don't have the immune resistance. Their immune systems aren't super strong against the effects of these pesticides. And so they get things called colony collapse disorder, or even worse, the larvae get something called American fullbird disease. So if you give honeybees in the hive a probiotic, you can help their gut microbiome and their immune system have more resilience against the pesticides and they can survive better. And so now the, the real intervention would be, let's not use pesticides. <laughs> but knowing that the, we're not going to change that, we are trying to figure out, well, how could you help the honeybee microbiome to be stronger and more resilient so that bees aren't dying as quickly? So that's a great example. For humans, we use probiotics and microbes to do things like in, the, in your gut microbiome, just to stay on that ecosystem. How could you take a microbe? For example, we have a, a kid's probiotic coming out. And the question is, so how could you take a microbe and help that microbe for a lot of kids, for example, that have trouble pooping <laughs> as an example, how could you, a lot of microbes are involved in, di in digestion in your gut. And they're a big part of triggering these muscles that help with, and these neurotransmitters that trigger something called motility, which is what helps your poop move along. And so you can take specific microbes that help signal to specific neurotransmitters that signal to help poop move along. And so that's what we do is we're always looking at like, how could you take a specific strain of bacteria? We work mostly in bacteria and understand what it could do 
in the host. And again, that could be a human or it could be a honeybee or it could be a coral reef or it could be a child. (laughs) And how do you use that to impact the health of the host? I can't believe we waited all the way until this point in the episode to talk about poop. Oh my goodness. You know what? Why don't we close our time together talking about poop? Because really, what better place is there than at the end of this episode? The end? Get it? (laughs) Okay. All right. Here's Era. A lot of people don't know that a lot of your poop is made up by microbes. And that even though a lot of you guys may think poop is gross and disgusting, it is actually like a really important part of knowing what's going on inside. And I know this is going to sound gross because most people don't like to look in the toilet bowl, but what shape your poop is, what color it is, if it comes out in one piece, then lots of pieces, uh, depending if it's hard to get out? Is it easy to get out? Like all of those things are what they call markers that tell us a lot about what's going on inside and also about what you're eating and your health. And so the next time you look at poop, just yes, it may not like smell great, but it is something that's really important that if from if when you're little, you start to see it as also like a pretty important thing to know if like how things are doing inside. Um, maybe you can grow up and not think it's as gross or think it's as gross and also know that it's kind of important that you understand what it says and, um, and that it's a great way to know if things are like not okay and you need to maybe tell a grown up. Thank you to Eric Katz, co-founder of Seed Health and author of a kid's book about your microbiome, for joining us today. You can learn more about this book and others like it by visiting akidsco.com. And thank you to Nathan for adding your voice to the show. My name is Nathan. I'm 11 years old and I live in Maryland. My favorite thing is spending time with my friends and family. If you want to be on a future episode of A Kid's Book About, the podcast, or if you have a question you'd like us to consider, have a grown-up email us at listen at akidspodcastabout.com, and we will send you the details. A Kid's Book About, the podcast, is written, edited, and produced by me, Matthew Winner, with help from Chad Michael Snavely and the team at Sound On Studios. Our executive producer is Jelani Memory, and this show was brought to you by A Kid's Podcast About. Follow the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found, and check out other podcasts made for kids just like you by visiting akidsco.com. Hi, I'm Matthew. I'm the head of audio at A Kids Co. And I also host A Kids Book About the podcast and worth noting. I just wanted to say thanks. Thanks for listening to our shows in your classroom or in your bedroom, over breakfast or over dinner, on your drive or on your downtime. No matter what you do between this listen and the next time you tune in, thanks. You're awesome. And it's because of kids like you that we get to make cool stuff like this. See ya.